If you enjoy listening to inspirational stories from people just like us, facing the fear and doing it anyway, then you're in the right place. My name is Claire Hill and this is the No Rest for the Vivid podcast. Hello, welcome to another episode of the No Rest for the Vivid podcast. My name is Claire Hill. I'm the founder of the Vivid Club Membership, a self-belief coach, business mentor, and also a wire artist. Um, I know that I say that every episode, but you know, people around here, they may not know who I am, but there you go. That's who I am. Uh, Today, I've got the amazing Sophie Long on the podcast. I was first attracted to her work because my wonderful best friend, Kelly, who had a piece of her work, um, she paints the most amazing, I think she uses the word exuberant animals in her work. She's actually got an exhibition from the 7th to the 9th of July in Bristol. All of the details are in the show notes. So if you can pop along and see her work in real life, I wish I was available to go and see it myself. Um, But I am saving up for a piece and actually the first thing I'm going to do after recording this intro is go and see the piece that she talks about in the um in the podcast about this tiger because tigers are my favorite animals so I'm gonna go and look at that now anyway enjoy the episode she is an absolutely amazingly talented woman um so I hope you enjoy it take care good morning Sophie good morning good morning welcome to the no rest for the Vivi podcast Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're very welcome. I think you are literally the epitome of that title, No Rest for the Vivid. <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're um, pretty vivid and I love it. it. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of um, my listeners that don't know who you are, what's your name, where do you come from and what do you do? My name is Sophie. I am an artist and I live in Bristol. I'm just going to turn the sound off of my... Um, phone before it starts pinging off work, work, work is chasing me already I've sat down for five minutes oh my god <laughs> and yeah I'm an artist from Bristol oh lovely I'm a big fan of Bristol at the moment because my um business membership we've got our meet up in September in Bristol and you. yeah and two of my clients live in Bristol as well so I'm like all about Bristol I've literally looked at venues up and down Bristol for like oh, well, weeks please don't ask me because although I live here I live in my studio and I don't actually move outside so I don't know what goes on in <laughs> <laughs> oh it seems like such an I've got a couple of um like two of my best friends live there and it is like it seems like just quite a young vibrant sort of place it is I think there's something for everyone in Bristol it is it is nice. I I left Bristol and I moved to Brighton for two years when I was younger. And I mean, I think there is that natural path. A lot of people from Bristol moved to Brighton and vice versa. And although I did love parts of Brighton, it just wasn't home for me. And Bristol is my home. Like it's got a bit of everything. Yeah. It's nice. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. So I, I found, I was telling you before we started recording, I found you because one of my best friends, Kelly, is a huge fan of your art. I think she's saving for a piece as well, but you did paint her a little cheetah cub. And I think what's really, like, inspiring for, for, for me looking at your work is how vivid and bold and unashamedly let's just really, it's like you show 
the magic of these animals that you paint in a different way to how obviously you would see them on the TV. Yeah. I mean, like they're, they're how you portray them. Um, or yeah. in the, obviously you can, or in the back garden, like I saw your fox <laughs> one recently. I literally have fox in my garden every day. But that kind of like really showcasing the power of the animals that you paint. Um, yeah. So I've, I've said to you, I wouldn't gush too much during the beginning. <laughs> I'll just start it again. Sorry. I'll just do sound like a bit of a knob. I really do don't mind. <laughs> okay, that's all right. <laughs> I'm going to leave this podcast with a whole load of confidence, just like strolling into the day. Oh, I thought where it might work. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the business love story? How did this all begin? It was all an accident, to be honest. I I never set out to be an artist. I Art was my passion. When I was at school, it was all I wanted to do. But I had it drummed into me from a very young age. Being an artist is not a job. It's not something you can be successful in. You won't make any money in it. It's just a no. And this is obviously because I feel ancient right now. Back in the day, social media didn't exist. The internet didn't exist. People that were artists they were struggling because how else do you get your art seen? So that in my in my head from a young age, never thought it was possible. Um, I worked in offices for about 10 years. I hated my Monday to Friday lifestyle. I just needed to break away from it. And um, so when I, I was living in Brighton, I moved back to Bristol and I thought to myself, I just need a change. I need to do something different. And I actually applied to be a postwoman for Royal Mail. Um, and... It's so funny you just said that because that's my my like fallback. If this all oh, really? doesn't work if out, I'm going to become a postwoman. Yeah. <laughs> I love being outside. I've loved walking. Yeah. If I chuck a few letters through a few letter boxes, it'd be fine. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I was due to start work on the Monday, and this on. On the Sunday, um, I played a game of rugby. Um, I used to play rugby for um, Old Bristolians. And I got tackled badly and I tore my ACL and my meniscus in my knee and I couldn't walk. <laughs> and I just like, I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen to someone that wants to be a postwoman for a while? I just, yeah, yeah. The, the job never actually started. Um, oh, I couldn't walk for about nine months. I then had an operation nine months after the accident and I had to learn how to walk all over again so um in that time I spent a lot of time in my in my house doing nothing getting fed up getting bored um and I just started painting again and I mean it just one thing spiraled into the next and at the time so my injury was in September and in the space from September to December I'd painted lots of little pieces and I actually sold them and, and made some money over Christmas like people were buying gifts and I thought to myself maybe this is something I can do long term and then it just kind of snowballed into nine years later well is it nine years eight years later and I'm uh yeah a fully fledged artist that's it you found like it's funny I do wish I could go back to to the people that told me that you can't do that and just say well I did I've done it (laughs) I freaking hate people that say that you can't do something. I like, know. Honestly, like, it winds me up. Well, exactly. But, I mean, in hindsight, it makes me want to just do it more. But I just, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty chuffed about how it came from nothing. Like, it wasn't a plan, but it's like the universe kind of told me, no, you do want to do this, just do it. Yeah. In a really painful way. 
Yeah, it's literally just sidelined you like that. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So your uh, most of your, or literally all of your um, pieces are of animals. Is was that yeah. not planned either, or is that just quite an organic sort of thing that you just wanted to paint? I mean, I've painted a few people in my time, and let's just say they don't. I just it's it, it is it's a different skill painting humans. You have just got to have such an eye for detail in such a different way. Whereas I see, I use an image, and I. I use it as a light reference. I create what I want to create and how I see it. Whereas when you're painting a person, you are creating exactly what's there in front of you. You can change a few bits, but it still needs to look like them. Whereas, I don't know, like, as I, I find when I paint animals, as long as I capture their eyes, the rest of it, I can do what, what I want with. But if you get someone's eyes right and then get their nose wrong, as a human, you've got that whole face wrong. Um, and then landscapes don't really interest me <laughs> at all. It's yeah. not, yeah. Maybe it will when I get older. <laughs> so that's that's something we're going to retire into. A bit more, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. Because, I mean, you've got a big flamingo behind you and it's not like <laughs> there's going to be the, the gang of flamingos come around going, oh, that don't look like Florence. Like, oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this oh. is one of my pieces my exhibition I've got three and a half weeks and I've got so much to paint for it and I'm just being very blasé about it <laughs> yeah so you've got it I'm going to try and get this podcast episode out while you've got your exhibition on so that people can um, it. it's in the it's beginning of July isn't it so yeah it's the 7th to the 9th of July and it's at a shop called Pryor in Cabot Circus which is that Bristol's big shopping centre um so yeah it should be really good and everything everything I've painted is on gold. So if you like gold, then, yeah. Oh, so what is that, like gold leaf then? Yeah, so everything, so, yeah, for example, this is all gold leaf background and then I've spray painted an acrylic painted on top. Oh, wow. It's so, I've literally got, um this afternoon, I don't know if you've heard of Daniel Bland, the gold leaf artist. He, no, I can't remember no. it's called, but he's... names as well, so I might um, yeah, you, you might do, but he's coming on this afternoon to be interviewed, and it's like the two artists that both deal with gold, and one day, like, when does that ever? It's like <laughs> exactly. the strangest it's thing. It's the thing. Yeah. Everyone loves it, gold leaf. Need a bit of sparkle in your life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent sparkle. And so, how did you? Like, is this your first exhibition, or have you done them before? No, I've done. I've done a few now. I've done three solo exhibitions and then I've done some group exhibitions with other artists um and every time I do one I say to myself oh I'm not going to do one for a while because it's just so much work a lot of time you're creating everything that you're and you're not selling anything because everything you're painting is for that one that one weekend or that one week and it is it's stressful it gets really stressful because at times you're just like, why have I done this to myself? I could have just been painting these pieces and selling them one by one without the hassle of getting them all ready for one event. But it, it is worth it at, when it happens. But in the run up to it, I do hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I can imagine. But I think that, isn't it like with your exhibition that you're, it's, it's just like you are fully there. 
I don't know whether that I've sort of said that right. Like in an exhibition, it's not just drips and drabs, but literally it's like you are fully exposed. This is my whole Literally, artwork. yeah. And that for me is the scariest. Like my my boyfriend always says to me like, oh, are you going to like say something? Like when people come in, like maybe like say thanks for coming and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, <laughs> that's not who I am. I just come in, look at my artwork. If you enjoy it come and say hi like that I like a more kind of casual sort of thing I am not I don't consider myself as a businesswoman if you know what I mean I'm not a hard seller I wouldn't if someone was looking at a piece of my art I wouldn't confront them and be like do you want to buy it sort of thing I think if some if someone wants something or if they're drawn to something it'll come naturally um it's like when you walk into a shop and they come up to you instantly and say can I help you? Like, do you need help with anything today? And for me, that instantly, I'm like, oh, go, go away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I would hate that experience for, for my my exhibition. So I kind of just leave people to do their own thing and sit in the corner and drink excessively. <laughs> like, what <laughs> like, do you no do? Then? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the limelight God. is on my artwork. It's not on me. I, although I express myself through my art, I... I am quite a, I kind of prefer to just hide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's like, I, but, but you're not hiding though if that is your work. It's, it's just a different yeah. way of how society, society wants you to talk about it. It's like, well, why do I need to talk? This I'm already on the walls. This is it, exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's just a different, like, well, like I said earlier, it's a different language. Just if you, yeah. If it speaks yeah. to you, buy it. <laughs> yeah. So you said that, like, when I was doing my research, that, like, painting is your first language. Yeah. And I found that really interesting because I, it's, I suppose, like, I, I, I am a wire artist, but I'm not an artist. But I am a wire, yeah. I am an artist, but I'm not an artist, if you know what I mean. I'm not in the same as, like, not, I'm not in that, you're, you're, bracket at all um but it's that kind of like I I can't but then again funnily enough most of the stuff I make is words so I would make different words and make them look amazing in wire so maybe that is what I do but that kind of element of you expressing yourself through a painting I find it so special when I meet people that do that because yeah it's not what everyone does no and I I mean I'm not academic in the slightest. Mathematical, absolutely not. I'm so glad to have an accountant because I wouldn't be able to do it myself. But everything, I am a creative. That is is what I tell people. Yes, I'm an artist, but I am just, I am a creative person. So I just see, I see things in colour rather than in words. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love it. Um, And when you... Like I was looking and obviously you've painted quite a few weird things. Well, not weird things, but like walls and massive <laughs> murals. I saw like there was yeah. a house that you painted. Like what? what's the craziest thing that you've painted? Um, I mean, my first ever mural still is still there, which is is amazing. But I had done just, I think it was, I can't even remember what it's called. It's like, like an organic food shop in Bristol. And um I had it was about six metre wall space and I, I was asked if I, I wanted to put some of my stuff up in there. So I did everything kind of like farm 
animal based because it was a very like organic farm shop sort of style. So I think there was like a cow or donkey, some other things in there. And I was on holiday at the time and I got a phone call off of someone asking if I could paint a cow on their house. And I was just like, yeah, that's fine. Put me an email. And um, when I get back off holiday, I'll come around and speak to you. Um, and I went over to her house and she was like, I've changed my mind. I think I want you to paint my whole house. And at the time, I think I'd been doing this. I mean, my knee, my, I still had my leg thing on, my strap around my knee oh, to hold wow. my knee in place. So this was after my operation. And um, and she, yeah, she wanted me to paint her whole house of the scene of the history of her house, which was before the war, it was all farmland. And her house was a cow buyer, it, which is like a cow barn. Right. Um, and I, I, don't, I, don't, I can't remember how she realized this. They'd knocked through a wall and found an archway and it had some et, like stuff etched into the stonework. And she, contacted some people and found the history of the house and she wanted her house to portray that and I was just I was it, I was thinking to myself I'm way over my head here like I've probably been painting full-time for about nine months and she wants me to paint her entire house which wasn't small it was like a, a five-bedroom semi-detached house on a very busy road in Bristol which has a Banksy on it as well <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> And I, I painted the whole thing with brushes because I, I'd never used spray paint before at that point. And I literally painted her whole house in acrylics. <laughs> and it took me seven days of working 15 hours a day of just painting with little brushes. Um, and it's still there now. Oh, She wanted her, her two cats in there, her dog. Um, there were loads of cows. There was a well on the hillside, there, there was an eagle, there were loads of birds, there was a, a hare on the top of the brow of the field and there was just like loads of history on, on there as well. But yeah, still now I go, I see, I get tagged on it all the time when thinking about it. It just doesn't look like my work because it's, it's completely different to what I usually do. Oh, wow. And with brush, I can't even like, I bet you didn't <laughs> charge enough, did you? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> Yeah. You don't want to think about it. With a knee brace on, like trying to climb up and down these tiny little ladders. Oh it was, yeah. But I, I absolutely loved Sorry, I keep kicking my stand. I absolutely loved it because that was the first time someone had wholeheartedly trusted me to paint something on their house, um, which is quite a big deal, really. Um, but yeah, she was this lovely little Irish lady and she lived on her own and she had students living in her house and she just wanted something that represented her home and what it what it once was. And I just thought that was really nice. It's, it's amazing. Like, I just yeah. can't believe you did it all with brush. Like, that I can't is, either. is amazing. Was it just one wall or was it like literally? No, it went, it went round the side of the house. It was the whole front of the house and the side of the house my god yeah that is that's a mean feat that is well done <laughs> and it was boiling it was like 28 degrees every day boiling hot weather oh my god <laughs> oh my, um that's that's blowing my mind and where else like you've done quite a lot of murals at like events and there was one yeah. was there like, one last summer that you did at a festival I do quite a lot of um, art festivals. So every summer, most um, main cities and towns have like 
little art festivals. So I've done Worcester Paint Festival, Cheltenham Paint Festival, Upfest. I've done about six times now. Um, loads of little bits that are going on, Swindon Paint Festival. But yeah, I've, I th I'm not doing that many this year upfest isn't on i've got uh cheltenham paint festival but my focus for this year was to get this exhibition done um and then actually take some time off because i don't do that very often i might take like a week and a half two weeks off over christmas but you don't rest over christmas it is like go 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 and i actually i bought a pony <laughs> randomly oh wow um, I've, I've had horses all my life and i um yeah, I, I went horse riding again not long ago and I said to my friend, I really miss this. I just want to, I want to get back into it somehow. And I thought I'll just like ride someone's horse like once or twice a week. And after looking for a while, I couldn't find anything. And then saw a pony that looked, the, the splitting image of my first ever pony. And um, I convinced my boyfriend to let me buy it. So just to throw it like it, the busiest time of my life, I'm full swing of exhibition and I bought a pony, which I need to attend to twice a day. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to take a, a whole month off, I think, and actually just go and spend some time with my pony. Do you know what? Yeah. That, that is the one, the biggest thing for me, learn, learning how to be a business owner is to take more mm. time off. Like I could, like I had... <laughs> three weeks off at Christmas and there was my, my little boy, he's four and he went back to childcare a little bit earlier than I thought he was supposed to. And there was part of me going, Oh, maybe I should start work again. Then I'm supposed to through it, but yeah. no, maybe I should start work. And I thought, no, all of these jobs that I feel like, like under my bed literally hadn't been touched since we moved into the house. It, the, honestly, the dust was rank. And I thought, <laughs> right, this is the time. Like I'm going to get myself in order and do stuff. And feel good though when you do that you kind of like you just like I don't know what the word is I'm looking for you just Refuel. once everything around you is kind of tidy it means that you can kind of cleanse yourself and just move on absolutely absolutely yeah. and this month I've got um the whole of August off this year as well and I'm just like just winding down and I think there's always a panic that you think well but I need to be earning money because what if what if what if and I'm just yeah. like this year I'm like everything will work out like I've done a little trial at Christmas. It was three weeks. It was fine. I've had some like weeks off. I've actually had, I had February I had a week off. Easter I had like two weeks. So yeah, to be fair, I've had quite a lot of time off already. But having like four whole weeks off is like yeah, like massive. And it feels I, good. It's the going back after which I I get the fear of being back in the studio. I mean, I pop in anyway when I when I took time off over Christmas. I. I've got it's like the Eden project in here. I've got loads of plants that I need to look after. So I had to do that. But then there'd be like the odd job and I wouldn't be able to not do it. So, or like someone would order something last minute just before Christmas and I don't have the heart to say, no, I'm going to ruin your Christmas this year and not send that out to you. Even though it does say in big red bold letters on my website, I am closed from the 3rd of December and they <gasps> pop through an order and like the, the 11th or 10th or something. And I'm just like, why? But I don't have the heart <laughs> to oh, say I've, no. I've learned to have I remember there was somebody that it messaged me the other day and I'm so grateful. They were like, Can you put something together for Father's Day? And I was like, No. And I, I mean, I have got better. I just yeah. yeah, it is one of my that it's the worst thing. I'm a yes person and I yeah. say yes to everything, even if it means that I cause myself a lot of stress over it. And I've got to just 
learn to say no. And yeah, I just, it's it's not something that comes naturally to me anyway. No, neither me, not me at all. Like I am literally, yes. Yeah. Like, I remember there was a time when I'd be like, definitely exactly the same as you. Like there'd be, you know, I mean, we've all remember COVID Christmas, but I remember yeah. that whole of like November, December, like I can't remember working like I was working my hands were so painful where they I'd been just making so much and still then when I closed I was still getting orders and I didn't have the pain but it um like exactly the same heart but now I just think I can't there's got to be a cutoff I'm really I'm so much better I'm like when I've got my coaching clients I'm like I see these are my coaching days this is when I do it this is when I record my podcast this is when I do my CEO work like yeah. I'm so much more disciplined but the only reason I think I'm better at it now is because then the energy I have more energy doing it like that and so yeah. then I give more do you know what I mean it's like a... yeah I think I feel like I lose the love for it as well when I am saying yes to everything and I stop enjoying what I'm doing and I think when you stop enjoying your job and it becomes more stress than it's worth it it you then find it harder to actually carry on and do it and I um yeah I I do get into situations where I think why if I said yes to this it's causing me so much grief and then now I'm the kind of person that and until I've got that job done I can't move on to the next Absolutely, and it causes yeah. me so much stress and then I'll stop procrastinating and doing loads of other silly bits like tidying up my studio uh, instead of doing what I need to be doing um because I just it's like my avoidance uh tactic <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 because but and it's like a you resent the work as well yeah like you resent doing, yeah yeah I've been there so many times it's it's yeah. such a but I think that's for all like if you run your own business there's that fear that you don't know if you're ever going to make a sale again or you're going to make the money again yeah but you always yeah. do yeah you yeah. always do yeah because yeah. you always do I mean I mean the, the cost of living crisis for example art is a luxury people are not going to have the spare cash and it does make you wonder oh am I going to make those sales and yes things have kind of they have dried up a little bit but as soon as the sun comes out people get frivolous whether they've got money or not they can, they're going to spend it so that fear just you just need to put trust in yourself and trust in your work and yeah let let it speak for itself yeah 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 oh yeah I'm just sort of was like everything works out exactly as it should everything's gonna be fine everything's gonna yeah. be absolutely fine I'd rather have a month <laughs> off than worrying and it's just like but I find that <clears throat> I have the best ideas like when I'm off work and I'm just refueling I have amazing ideas whether that's for the wire or it's for coaching or training or I'll just be like, God, that's really cool. Or like, I'm writing a book as well. Like, anything will just like fall into my brain. It's like I've like I've <laughs> I've let the hole open in my brain. <laughs> and all of the ideas like fall in. And then I'm like, shit. And then when I go back to work, I'm like, oh, I've got to do everything now. Like shit, I'm supposed <laughs> to have been having a rest. But then I just feel like know, so excited. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I get like that, but then I also get that feeling like, oh, I want to, I want to do it now, which is nice. But I also need to take that time off, or I worry that I'll forget. And I mean, I'm, I'm the type of person that will write something down somewhere, and then I'll lose that somewhere. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. I do have a time where I try and write everything in it, but sometimes when I'm in a rush, I will just write it on any page, and then I've got three hundred and sixty-five pages to go through until I find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I did that recently. I was working in post-its. I love post-it notes. Not only just for yeah. like, so there's just colour everywhere then for me. Like that's like, I would just yeah. use highlighters and so everything's colourful. Everything's post-it notes everywhere. And then it was stressing me out. And I think it might be a multi-sensory thing. Cause I was like trying to find stuff and there's all these rustling of papers and it was stressing <laughs> me out. It's like, this has got to be done. So now if I write on post-it notes, I'll do like a first thing because that like mapping stuff out. And then I yeah. put it into Trello. So I copy everything into Trello and then Trello's on my phone. And so I brain dump into that and it's like post-it notes, but computer version. And so yeah. now I'm like, I still, because I, I don't know about like, I don't know about you, but actually handwriting stuff, I find, I, yeah, I have I to handwrite everything. I don't tend to use my, because I've got an iPad and an uh, Apple Mac book thing. And I just, I don't tend to write anything down on them. Whereas my studio partner, Emily, she uses her iPad to write all of her notes. She does everything with it, but I can't. I need to physically be holding a pen yes. that writes down on paper. Otherwise it doesn't go in for me. <laughs> Absolutely, exactly the same. Sometimes I even have to say it out loud as I write it. And then I'm like, right, okay. Yeah. But then it's just, then I let myself down. Cause I'm like, shit, where's that post-it note? There's 10,000. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. that's why I've like cut it down I'm still doing that process and then people are like but you're doing it twice I'm like I know but it feels better like it goes that. In there. You, you remember yeah. it <laughs> yeah yeah oh, I love I love finding out like the processes of different how different people work and sometimes I feel yeah. like I'm a, I am a bit of a weird the best kind of weirdo obviously but that kind of person <laughs> where it's just like yeah you're doing things twice but it's, oh it's yeah it's chaotic it works well. for you like someone if someone else was to see how I plan my my exhibitions for example they would think that I have lost the plot like it, it is pure chaos but that is how I I jump from one thing to another until I realize what I'm doing and I must say I, I am getting more organized yeah. like I have a very organized space but what happens like the creative side of it is not organized at all <laughs> then that's the the um going a bit I suppose a little bit political now but that's the social construct of what organization is isn't it yeah it's what exactly. other people it's probably the same people that said to you that you wouldn't be able to become an artist that says well, well, that's organized. Yeah. well actually no <laughs> yeah. it isn't this is this is actually organized thank you what's the definition of it organized <laughs> <laughs> like, <shut up. laughs> exactly no, exactly <laughs> something else I was just going to ask you and it's just gone out of my head so this is what happens oh that's it so um I find a, with a lot of people with some of the people that I support in my membership that, that are artists they don't have their own work up in their house do you have your own work up <laughs> no I used to when I had my studio at home I would finish a piece and I'd go and hang it in the house because the safest place for your artwork is on a wall um rather than in storage um my studio like you can see like all of the walls are plastered and it just stays in here until my exhibition and then hopefully they go to their new homes but yeah my my actual house has nothing in it of mine wow not one thing yeah because and I I do it here as well and I used to do it at home when I had my studio at home I will finish a piece I will like it or as far as love it and then I will see it every day and I'll get to the point where I'm like oh I wish I just did that a little bit different or oh. I wish I, I just take that bit and then 
give it a couple of months. I absolutely hate it. I'm like, oh, it's rubbish. I, sh- I want to paint it again or I want to redo it or paint over it. And I just, yeah, I just lose the love for it because I pick it apart. But I think that's quite a normal thing for any artist. Yes. Yeah. Um, especially when it's a piece that I've painted and I've loved and then it's not sold and it's hanging and it, when it's hanging up in your home, you just you start to loathe it. You're like, why? Why have you not gone? Yeah. <laughs> um, have but, you found yeah. that there are pieces because there's um, somebody that I'm supporting that she's finding it difficult to sell her stuff at the moment. I've got every faith yeah. it will sell because it's beautiful. Like it will there will be somebody out there. Do you find that yeah. you're like finding the the people that are going to love your art has changed over the time that you've been an artist and what you think will sell changes to what does actually sell yeah I mean it's it is hard because you don't know what actually will sell and I've I mean I've got some pieces that I even now still still quite like and I think oh why hasn't that ever gone but it's some of these pieces are very different to what my other pieces look like so um I've got a shark for example it's quite like a fine art sort of way of painting it it's not loose it doesn't have any splats it's got a couple of like white drips on it but it is very clean whereas I think my audience like the messy chaotic colorful splats and drips and everything so it's not my usual style of work so maybe that's why it's not sold so it's just not met the right audience but I it's to me I just think it will eventually someone will come along and see it and want it so you just gotta stick with it and and not give in faith <laughs> Yeah. Right. yeah it's easy yeah. to be like oh you know it's not going to sell i'll just like put a 50 percent dis- uh, discount on it or something which i am guilty for doing i used to do it all the time when i first started out i used to discount my originals all the time and now i don't i don't really ever do it i've got one piece that i um i, I mean i i painted it maybe about five years ago and then I repainted over it about six months ago because I got it back and it had been hanging up in a shop and I absolutely hated it. It was a tiger licking its paw, but it just looked like a tiger that was like poking its tongue out. Like <laughs> it just looks a bit like cartoony and weird. So I covered up the tongue. We uh, got rid of the tongue. And um, yeah, I had at the time I had loads of people like, oh, my God, I love it. I love it. And then I even had someone message me the other day saying that, oh, I'm definitely going to buy it. And then they go AWOL. And I just like, that used to bother me. I used to really get upset about people making the effort to contact you to say that they're going to buy something and then disappear. And I just think, why Why did you Why did you bother even mentioning it? And then, but yeah, I've got, I've got that piece up currently half price just because I... You know what? I've just I've done what I wanted to it, and it's still sat there. And I just think, you know what? I just I need it gone. It's either gonna go in the bin, or <laughs> it needs to go to a new home. <laughs> don't really, don't really, I need to go look at it now to see if that's the, the case that I can convince my husband to get. <laughs> well, yeah, this it might be the one. It's just yeah. because I painted it so long ago. It's a very like mixture of my old style and my new style. So. I don't know it's part of the past and then a bit of the present if you know what I mean so I just yeah I'm not sure if it speaks to me anymore <laughs> yeah I was thinking like I when I had um there's some pieces that I've made 
and I just have to kiss them goodbye. Like there's some pieces that I love so much. Like, I don't like, want to get why do I have to send this away? Like I really yeah. love it. But then there's pieces I'm like, I'm so glad that's gone. Like you were literally the pain, massive pain in my ass. Like Yeah. Yeah, but I think that's the same with anyone that's creative. Like, not everything is going to be no amazing. And I, so many people say to me like, "Oh my god, I wish you were, like wish you were a tattoo artist." And I'm like, "Can you imagine the amount of mistakes I make in my work? The amount of like canvases that get paint thrown all over them because I like it's gone wrong halfway through. I can't do that to someone's skin." <laughs> I don't know how tattoo artists don't make mistakes. I mean, I'm sure they do, and they just are able to cover it up very well. But yeah, yeah, I uh, I could never do something like that. No, and that's the, actually it's funny. Is that my husband was a tattoo artist designer. Would do this drawings, and he owned a tattoo shop. Um, but the oh, reason why he never did the actual tattoos was exactly the same reason because he used to be an artist, and then he's ended up working for the council now. But um but anyway so this is why I think I'm quite it's going to be quite easy to convince him but anyway um but that <laughs> kind of like artistic you know he I feel like he's quite a um what's the word like a, a frustrated artist that's just thought well it wasn't going to work so I'm just going to go and work and now he works with the homies yeah. it's a really cool job like Very he cool. does you know help people um and I feel like now he wouldn't come out of it but then you see him draw something and I'm like bloody hell babe you are like ridiculously talented you know like and <laughs> when he used to draw like he just draw all the time and that's how he went into tattooing in like running the shop and but yeah he would never be like no and I'm not gonna put the needle in someone's skin because I just can't exactly the same kind of that making a mistake like that's someone's skin I'm, I get there's lasers and stuff now that you can get rid of things but still it's far too permanent for me yeah. <laughs> I'll sit to campus love it I love it I'm just going to check I was actually really good like sometimes I don't do much research but I actually did research for you because I was like just you know it's all this gushy stuff um oh that was it so recently you did like the the design the t-shirt for the disabled strongman event yeah yeah and how how was that like you I saw that you do you've done quite a lot of work with the um disabled strongman events and stuff like how was it did they yeah. ask you to do the t-shirt was it something you offered so they spoke to me about probably about 10 months ago now and they um asked they basically asked, said that they 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 have a budget. It's not massive. Like, what sort of thing would I charge to do a t-shirt design for the um, the Fit Expo um, GB uh, Disabled Strongman event? And I, at the time, I was just like, it was one of those things where I I really don't have the time at the moment because I am I was still in the full swing of doing my exhibition, and I just thought, you know what, it's a day out of my my life and I can just if I can offer them something and I didn't want anything in return and then so I just said look I'm gonna do it and I had no idea what I was gonna paint at the time and I just said to them leave it with me um and I'll get it done by a certain time and so yeah I I just basically used their logo and it just kind of came to me because obviously I've I've been asked to paint stuff from people's logos before and I find it really difficult to translate a logo into a painting yeah especially something that needs to be realistic um but theirs was just really straightforward it was basically a white lion with a the the GB flag so 
yeah I I painted that and then we auctioned off the original which was amazing because so many people shared the the reel the posts like some really um like the world's strongest man was sharing it oh wow <laughs> Tom Stoltman sorry I just choked on my own spit <laughs> I do that all the time <laughs> yeah he um he shared it. Of course, I'm going to choke. <laughs> he shared it well, and like so many people shared it, but it's just one of those things. Like, I it it did sell, and I made nine hundred and fifty pounds for them, so that would go straight into supporting their artists. But I was really hoping to like make the big money on it, so I could just be like, right, managed to to raise like I don't know, like three grand for you, but. Mm. It just, I just think people aren't aren't spending money right now mm. because there isn't there isn't much available. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. putting their money on bills. Like, I mean, I went into a shop the other day and I think a, a thing of coffee was eleven pounds. Since when would what? anyone buy dry fruit? Yeah, freeze dried coffee for eleven pounds, and it was in a plastic container, one of those like security tag containers. And I'm thinking, what's going on? <laughs> It's That's crazy, strange, absolutely yeah. crazy. Yeah, I um. So yeah, I just as much as I, they are so thankful and they are, yeah. It was it. They've been so amazing, and I really wish that I could have done more for them. But I mean, I just yeah, I I didn't hit the right audience. I don't think. Mm. Um, but we've also I've got because the t shirts have been made. I had the image, um, it was scanned and proof. So we've got the availability to do prints for it so I am going to sell prints of the original um and then all 100% of the profits are going to go to them as well so hopefully I can just like keep it on going and every month tally up how much I've uh I've made for them and just transfer it over and just keep the support support That's going because I mean some of the some of their athletes you would be mesmerized if you watch them I mean they they have limbs missing they are blind they can't hear and have limbs missing there are just so many ailments that and they they just don't give up and they always have a smile on their face and they're just like relentless going going from event to event to event and just not stopping and you think to yourself when you're having a bad day and you're complaining about the smallest of things and you don't realize how lucky you are to to get through life as you do when there's people that are really struggling and they do not complain once yeah. um so I just think yeah I just wanted to do something for them in in return for what they do and how they inspire other people yeah I've just um I've just taken up running and one of the things that gets me out because I'm not a natural runner at all like literally <laughs> I would rather pull my toenails out yeah. I hate it but the thing that I, is making me do it is because I say to myself oh, I get to run so why I should exactly yeah 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 I uh I used to do a bit of running I'm not very good at it my hips started aching after yeah. a while like I'd get um like a hip impingement and I'd sit down and then I'd go to get back up and I'd be like oh my god I'm in so much pain and that for me was enough to be like oh I can't run anymore <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm a static sort of um I do I do like I do 
training with Ryan, the strongman sort of stuff. So I, I'm a static lifter. I just, I don't, I'm, I'm not into cardio. <laughs> yeah, but Chris, but you can. See what I mean? You get to, yeah. you know, yeah. do even that. So, and it's just, I think, like, even if it's, you know, I'm, I think sometimes we just. I know this sounds well woo woo, but it gets me out of bed like this morning. I've had a rough ride with like my boy in bed with me, and I'm like, come on, mate. Like, I got on sleep. I've got, I need this energy to do all of this yeah. stuff. And um, and then I was like, oh, but you know, I'm, I'm waking up, you know, like little things like that. Like, you know, yeah. I get to wake up today. Today could be an exactly. amazing day. You've got to be thankful for what you do have. And so I've got, I'll be honest, I've got to pinch myself sometimes because. Eight nine years ago, I I had none of this, and now eight year, years later, I've got my own art studio. I'm painting what I want to paint. I I'm not relying on taking commissions of, for people. So I'll be honest. I, I like the like I said earlier, the pressure of other people causes me so much stress. I don't like people waiting on me or waiting for something. So I just. All I want to do is paint what I love and sell it. <laughs> as simple as that. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, I totally get that. I just, yeah. And it's like you, but you are painting for people, but you just don't know who they are yet. But then without that exactly. energy of them waiting on that commission, you are like, yeah. I'm going to paint this for somebody and it is going to end up in somebody's home and they're going to love it so much. And that yeah. energy of creating something like that is just, like the best energy ever isn't it and then you just can you know for everybody else you know just have to wait until your piece yeah. <laughs> comes out of my brain <laughs> maybe it'll be your lucky day yeah <laughs> yeah I know I just um I've done my years of having like commissions lists and painting people's cats and dogs and it doesn't it just doesn't make me feel good and the stress of getting that slight detail wrong or it needs and a lot of these the reasons that these people are getting these paintings done are because they're their beloved their beloved pet has passed away or yeah. and I that pressure of having a making a memorial piece for someone to remember their their pet by I just it stressed me out and I'm such an animal person I love I have so many animals and I cherish animals dearly and I just they would come with these sad stories and I'd just be painting feeling sad <laughs> about oh, these poor yeah. animals but yeah and I just yeah it, it didn't make me feel good and I realized after a while I need to do what makes me feel good and painting what I what inspires me is what makes me feel good so that's what I want to do um mm. My Fitbit's telling me to get up. <laughs> it's dead <laughs> dead. Do you know why I've just done the same thing? Yeah. I've got oh, to do 20 God. steps. I've got to get to by the end of the hour. Yeah. 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 Good. But no, well, that's a that's a good idea for us to, like, let's ask that question. Let's um pull the question out from 10 years ago. What do you wish you knew? No. Oh, fuck it what do you wish <laughs> no what do you know now that you wish you'd known 10 years ago there you go oh what do I I mean I would love to say not to be a people pleaser but I still do that so I can't <laughs> say it but I think like along those lines I have got better but to 
not not just to take jobs for money because it made me miserable and I now I can I don't I won't desperately take jobs just because I'm worried I'm not going to make any more money I will sit and consider what it what it is and if it's worth it and if it's not then I I simply will not do it so I think yeah happiness is more important than money um yeah but back when but back when I was starting I I I had nothing I literally had moved from Brighton and I hadn't yet started a job and I was I'd bought a camper van when I lived in Brighton and I was living in a camper van on my mum's drive Wow! (laughs) I mean by choice as well like that and I, yeah, I was trying to live the true Brighton hobo lifestyle, <laughs> just bring it back to, back from Brighton. And at my mean, my mum was like, "Get off my drive, get whatever that is, get it off my drive." It was hideous. It was, well, funny enough, it was a really old Royal well van. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, yeah. It was an L- LDV convoy, and it was a high top um, Royal Mail van, one of the old ones that they used to use. <laughs> <laughs> it's all got like it's all ringing alarm bells isn't it really like the whole <laughs> getting a job for Royal Mail breaking the knee <laughs> brilliant oh but God. yeah I think that would definitely be it just you've got to choose happiness and stop doing things because you're worried about money or mm. or worried what other people are going to think but and the, the best bit about, yourself. and the best bit about it is that you make more money once you get into that zone anyway exactly. yeah. yeah exactly yeah oh amazing oh you're you've been absolutely lush love it absolutely oh, love it where can everyone find you um i'm here in my studio no. <laughs> um, so um i mean i post most of my stuff on my instagram which is um at sophie long art um and then my website is updated all the time so i've also got tiktok and i do try and post on there as much as i can but um yeah it's the same kind of stuff that you'll find on my instagram but that's where i'm most active brilliant amazing and the exhibition on the 7th to the 9th of july yeah where is it again it's at a shop called Pryor in Quaker's Friar, um, Cabot Circus. It's like two doors up from the Apple shop. It's in like the posh bit of Cabot Circus. Because nice. I'm an artist. Yes, <laughs> love it, love it. Oh, wicked. So I'll add all of that to the show notes. If anyone's in Bristol, through then, and I'm going to get this published the Thursday before that, whenever that is. I don't know. I can't, I can't. It's like around the first, no, the second, second? Yeah, so that's, yeah. So then I'll post it there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I can't remember now. It'll be. It'll be. It'll be out before the. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're very welcome, my love. Um. So yeah, fake goodbye now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't edit this bit out anymore. People that listen know this happens. So <laughs> yeah. Right. Thanks so much, Sophie. Oh no! Thanks very much. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the No Rest for the Vivid podcast, written, produced and hosted by Claire Hill and music has been composed by my brother, Phil Vivid.